Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Independent Derek Addis, Republican Jeannie Ives, Republican Jeff Hom, and Progressive Don Rose. Our program tonight coming to you from our home base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web at beyondthebeltway.com. And you can also join us at the Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont Facebook page. That's live. The audio and video every moment of the two-hour discussion. You can find us there, and it's great to have you with us. Another packed two hours of discussion this evening. We've got a great panel for you. Jeannie Ives joins us. She is a former state legislator, a graduate of West Point, a leader of the conservative Republican movement here in the state of Illinois. And, and Jeannie, uh, you have sort of international interests because you've got some sons that are in the military as well. Uh, the world is focusing at the moment on what's happening in Venezuela and also uh, on the borders with Brazil and the borders with Colombia, where those countries are trying to get humanitarian aid into Venezuela, and they're being stopped by uh, Venezuelan troops uh, 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 who are allied, uh, allied with uh, President Maduro. What Speak to the Americans that want to know why, are, why is this a fight we should be interested in? Well, it's not just a fight about democracy. It's also about the security of kind of South America and what's going on there. And it also shows our power in that region. So if we're going to project power down in South America, which we want to do, we want to help control things there. We have have economic interests there. Then this is something that we should be involved in. Um, To what degree? That is going to be up to debate. Certainly, the humanitarian efforts that we have put forward should be honored by the Maduro government. They weren't. In fact, it ended up in, in violence. It ended up with at least two dead. But when we look at this geographically, we are standing on the side of democracy, and we are standing on the side of 50 other countries that have also said that they believe that we need a political solution here and that Maduro needs to step away. That's a, a position that we want to be in. Don Rose, welcome. You are our progressive guest, mm-hmm. uh, one of the legendary political strategists in, uh, in Illinois history. Nice to have you with us. What's your uh, reaction? You, you take a different perspective, generally speaking, but what do you think is happening down there? Well, I would certainly uh, am on uh, uh, the uh, uh, insurgent side. Uh, I think Maduro is just, just horrendous, and the uh, 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 stopping humanitarian aid is just beyond disgusting. However, I am a non-interventionist right. uh, in, in general, I, and I think every intervention we've made in the past 30, 40 years have been cata- catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, I, I would like to lend whatever support we can, if there is any way of getting financial or other aid uh, to the insurgent side. Uh, however, we may help the, uh, the the military turn around there, and that's going to be the key. Mm-hmm. I am for that. I am certainly not for um, military intervention. Mm-hmm. A wise general once said, 
anybody who gets caught in the middle of somebody else's civil war is nuts. Jeff Hom is our young Republican. Jeff, uh, what's your what's your take? Um, I don't think that I, I'd heard that military in, intervention was being inter- seriously entertained. I would agree. All that, things were on the table is what the president said. OK, um, I think that this this is a problem that it's um, I, I don't know that it's been clear who the good guys and the bad guys are in any other scenario um, like this, you know, before. And it's surprising when you see people like um, Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, on the side of the Maduro government. Um, especially when you see what you know they just did with the humanitarian convoys, um, I think this is a, a diplomatic problem that needs to be solved with diplomacy. Um, and I would be against military intervention by the United States. It wouldn't make any sense to me. Derek Addis is our independent. Derek, nice to have you back on this broadcast. You. Uh, what's your take on uh, whether or not there's a role for the U.S. to play uh, in Venezuela? Yeah, so to echo Don's words, uh, non-interventionist as well, um, having served in Iraq twice myself, mm-hmm. uh, sending military into, an, into a region that kind of already is in some sort of uh, turmoil or if there's some government toppling to be had, uh, it always leads to a power vacuum and it never bodes well uh, for us or the region because more importantly, it's not even about us at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if we want to spread democracy or whatever we think is best for someone else. And I think that's where AOC comes from with that uh, perception that, uh, Maduro should be left alone. Uh, I do agree, though, that uh, preventing humanitarian aid for coming into people that need it, uh, that, is, that is a pretty egregious thing to do. I mean, they're breaking There's, into zoos. To, to, they, they broke into a zoo to, eat a, to, to kill a horse to eat it. That's how bad the, the food crisis is. There. Jeannie, there's a lot of bad guys in the world. Uh, Maduro is one of them. Uh, are we setting up uh, a precedent for future uh, involvement? Well, I, th- I, you know, we don't know when he says that all options are on the table. We don't know how far that would go. That could be that we help arm Colombians and Brazilians who then use their influence to help, um, you know, affect a political change in, in that country. It doesn't mean that we have military boots on the ground in there occupying. I think actually what Trump has proven that he's opposed to that from everything from drawing out of Afghanistan to drawing out of Syria to, to everything like that. I think that if he wants to provide military support to either one of those folks, um, I think that's a different scenario. But I think that this could probably be solved with diplomacy. I think when you've got 50 United countries united against Maduro and you've got the pressure of uh, the, what actually looks like a very credible rebellion going on, I think if we were able to provide aid to that rebellion, I think that it will be successful. Is this, a, is this a rebellion that is a true rebellion of the people, or is there CIA fingerprints on this? Or I don't know. They had, they had an election, didn't they? Yeah, and they elected somebody different but there, and new. There was rumblings that, so. that this, this, uh, this recent uprising of, right. of, that was because of our administration's meddling in, in, in those dealings. So, okay. Yeah. Is that okay, uh, Don, that uh, I mean, the CIA has been involved in Latin America for 50, 60 years? I mean, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> well, at least they're not murdering anybody at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to uh, bring – sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, it, it is quite possible they had a hand in it, but uh, it is also a genuine uh, <coughs> people's upsurge, which <coughs> it doesn't happen by the CIA itself. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard to look at. But, I mean, this, I mean, I mean uh, Guido is, is looks like, uh, I mean, he looks like a central casting leader of the 21st century. He's telegenic. He's articulate. I mean, he 
He I looks th- like a. You know what's interesting is he actually escaped and went pe- went over the border to Colombia, and now there's a big question mark whether or not he is even going to be able to return. So it, it, he, you've got the leader of uh, what the they're opposite, calling yeah, the, the opposition. You're call- well, he's actually calling himself the the rightful own, uh, president, right. and he's not even in country right now. So it's that's very happened to a lot different. of leaders of successful yes. rebellions. Yes. Yeah. 1-800-723-8289 if you'd like to weigh in on what role, if any, the United States should have in Venezuela. Do give us a call. When we come back, uh, we're going to head uh, halfway around the world to uh, North Korea and to Vietnam, specifically with the president and uh, the chairman of North Korea. We'll be meeting this week. Back shortly. Standing up for what's right, helping out when things go wrong, seeking the truth, and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live, The Experience. Tuesday through Sundays and open late on Wednesday nights at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Order tickets at museum.tv. Bruce Dumont in Chicago. We'll talk about North Korea and the president's trip there in, in just a little bit, or at least his trip to Vietnam to talk about uh, North Korea. But I want to talk about another uh, issue that's that come up. In fact, it was a week ago tonight on 60 Minutes that Andrew McCabe became more of a household name to more people uh, because of his actions on uh, or his uh, revelations on that show. And then in the interviews that followed on throughout the week, uh, Andrew McCabe, the former deputy head of the FBI, uh, basically said that at one point uh, following the election of Donald Trump, he felt and he said that his investigative team felt that Donald Trump might be an asset, a Russian asset. It's- and so he began his investigation. That's so absurd. Let's 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 go around the table yeah. and uh, we'll start with you, Jeff. And then the- I want to. That that is that is absolutely absurd, right? If you look at McCabe's uh, interviews and Comey's interviews, these guys were basically just upset that they're um, you know. Well, so McCabe is blindly loyal to Comey, um, and all of this was because of uh, it's in revenge for Comey being fired publicly. This is a man who the. Inspector General of the uh, Department of Justice said that – or I'm sorry, of the FBI – said that he was fired – he should be fired for repeatedly making false statements. And and now we're hanging on every word of his when he's um, on a book tour? It, it makes no sense to me at all. How do you see it? Yes. Yeah, so uh, if I'm not mistaken, the word is compromise, and it's uh, – the KGB would look to – Make, at, make into someone an asset who is unknowingly an asset because they were just that dumb. And I think that uh, a lot of the actions that our president exhibits are those of someone who could be a compromise, meaning he doesn't even know that he's doing the things That's that were oh my. You know, so designed for so him to man, do. So he's a Manchurian candidate? I mean, no, he, he, he was uh, dealing 
with Russia uh, through his agents yes. uh, to build a hotel. Yes. He never expected to be elected president. Absolutely. And whatever he was doing, he may have been totally unwitting as to uh, the fact that it might be compromised. Uh, and I think he was, in, he was caught with his pants down getting elected. And uh, I, I think it is very logical, whether, whether you consider him uh, a witting uh, asset or a useful idiot or whatever, it's a very legitimate inquiry. Jenny. It's absolutely not a legitimate inquiry to think that you're going to use the 25th Amendment, however, to take him out of office. A duly plus, elected president. I, 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 agree, I agree with the 25th okay. Amendment. It was, there was a discussion of it. But it was, it, it was a non-starter from the beginning. To have that discussion is, is preposterous. The, I, I mean, the, you would have to say that he's incapacitated in some way. These guys are, are going to, what, his mental capacity or whatever? I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. These, the the idea you, here If you remember wrong. back, way back, there was this same discussion. They did not know who was making it, but that 25th Amendment uh, issue was raised way, way early uh, in his, uh, in, I know. In and his how tenure. absurd is Wish that? Casting. How absurd is that? Has he ever shown that that that, 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 that the, the ability that to not rule or to not govern? Has he ever shown that? I mean, absolutely not. This is this is, is so. This is this tells you how unhinged the far left is, well, and, and, and embedded the, they are. The president is unhinged with the words that he uses no, and the not. way that he no, decides to govern. Look, I mean, this is and look. Don't get me wrong. I am I am a disruptor. I like disruptive things, but this is not the way to create disruption. Within the presidency, what's disruption? What disruption has he created? What disruption? The, he is the running in his this government has really become, well. It was already it, becoming polarized, and now we have this kind of polarized. Almost and, like and, AOC. And Comey, Comey and McCabe a- are not the far left. If that is the far left, I've made the complete circle. Well, they, they, they so certainly, they certainly <laughs> are when they they go okay. to the heart of thinking that our president should be uh, subject to the Twenty Fifth Amendment. There's, that is such a far reaching idea now, we, that has to be. We, we, we we got, we got to, we got to cut this up a little bit because yeah. we have the, we have the situation where there's been enough evidence presented, circumstantial and otherwise, that there were a number of people in high positions in the FBI that didn't like Donald Trump, including yeah. James Comey. Struck. Didn't like him. Struck. Struck. Lisa Page. Page right. The uh, uh, Chinese guy, I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's one piece of this story. But now Donald Trump is elected. And there's also some evidence, or certainly circumstantial evidence, that maybe people closely associated with Donald Trump were maybe a little cozy with the Russians, a little cozier than a Republican presidential candidate normally would be. Mm -hmm. So if there is a belief by the chief investigative agency of the country, i.e. the FBI... If there's a belief that maybe there's something there that we should look into, aren't they the logical people to look into it? No. Why? It's, who, why would they not? Who, who who's going to look into it? Because they have no authority to do so. They do have authority. The FBI is subordinate to the executive. It's part of the executive branch. They have no authority to decide that they didn't like the results of the election and to make his life miserable. Here, here's, the, here's the question that I ask. If we turn back the clock, there are some people, some Republicans, who thought that Bill Clinton was too close to Korea. Okay. North Korea, okay, and too close to China because he was giving all this 
material to China when he was the president of the United States. Well, we know that Hillary was too close okay. to Russia so by here's selling my question. our uranium. If we believe that the president of the United States, whether it's Donald Trump or Bill Clinton, we there are people in our government that believe that they might be in bed and doing nefarious, illegal things with another nation – which agency in the United States should investigate the that? United States Congress that is the only one who has the authority to to investigate the president you're on dead their wrong own. you're dead yeah. wrong the yeah. FBI has every legal yeah. and constitutional right to do so whether you think they should have is something else but don't say they didn't have the, the FBI right they is have not an absolute in the constitution, constitution. How, right. how can they have a constitution how can a subordinate agency of the executive get to act independently from the executive branch it has how, always where is been, that in it the has constitution? always been separated well, the FBI these guys were not supposed know. to meet each other yeah. it is the justice department but we should talk about what we know it's, we know it, that the fisa warrants were were falsely given the out. dossier we know that was the dossier was Absurd. Was was definitely something from the Democrat National Committee, begun by a Republican, Clinton. and we know that we and we know that a number of these people have lied, including McCabe himself, and yet nothing's being investigated in that realm right now. No, no actions have been taken, and yet this guy wants to come out, try and sell well, his he book, was fired. and then and then he was the fired, goal. lost his pension, yeah. and now he's written the book, yeah. and he's going to play catch up. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing. Comey and McCabe are both on book tours, trying to make money. Right. They are not, and they're trying to clothe themselves in the dignity of their office and it is unbecoming because because they ought to be grateful to comey because he helped elect donald trump his interventions which were the the excuse they used to fire him his interventions in that campaign in the last month and then the last 10 days uh, i believe were pivotal to uh to electing trump okay so I why dislike Comey? If I, why should you guys be I against mean, Comey? I, well, I'm well, against because, him for because that. If you, I don't if you like bad read his no own book, what they're doing. if you read his own book, he's a sanctimonious, um, like I'm the only, the only sanct in the room. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Right. It, and it's 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 a loaded it's a load of hogwash. I'm just saying. Is that I've never met anybody in politics like that. I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine. Right, but but this guy is supposed to be a, a career bureaucrat. I'm, what I come back to is. If someone believes, if, if, if there is evidence to suggest that the president of the United States might have done something nefarious with Show another nation, in my view, it has always been the role of the FBI yeah. to look into that. Because they're supposed to look for, for spies and yeah. acts and of And there's sedition. already been a number of indictments of the people that were already around him while he was campaigning and during his business dealings. And nothing related so, to the campaign. And nothing well, related, nothing related, related to the But we're not there yet. But we're not done. Nothing. We're not done oh, yet, I think right? we're done. So like, we me, still have a report coming out. I will put this marker down. And all the reports that have been coming out are heavily redacted for a reason. And so I think as soon as the Mueller report comes out, we'll have a full visual do, of what happened. Nothing. Do the American people deserve... That report to be made public. Absolutely. At this Absolutely. Point. Yes, yes, it Everybody. should be yeah. public. Yeah. It should wants not it. be yeah. redacted. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Absolutely. this this farce has been going on for two years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, as like, long if, as it, if it ends with anything other than a public report. Yeah, but the speculation is now that it may not. I don't know why that is. The only reason that I would be behind it not is if it's like a national security thing. If there's anything in, the, in, anything in there that could endanger the lives of Americans, there's nothing. Yeah. But if there's, if it's just whatever, just put it out. Let everyone. Make their it's own acknowledged mind. that yeah. there could be uh, some redacted parts in there. First of all, because there's grand jury information. Okay. 
and uh, which, which should not be made public except under extraordinary circumstances. Uh, and um, th- th- there is also some national security thing. You might have the name of uh, our spies in Russia. Right, right, right. right. You know, this kind That's of thing fair. going yeah. on. Yeah, sources and methods okay. should yeah. be redacted, so, right? Uh, I'm glad we all agree it should, it should come out, whether you yeah. think it's so, a so farce at this point, or you think it's okay. a Bible, here's, it should come out. Here's another question for, for, for the Republicans here. Um, Donald Trump throughout the campaign said he had no uh, communication with the Soviet with the Russians. He didn't Soviets. have any business. He didn't have any business with them. He never met uh, Vladimir Putin. He said it repeatedly. Now, one piece of evidence or one piece of testimony that came out recently from Michael Cohen, and he's probably going to get a chance to repeat it this coming week, mm-hmm. is that in the closing months of the campaign in October of 2016. There was discussions going on for a Trump uh, property in Moscow. And part of that was they were going to offer Vladimir Putin some great, you know, uh, suite in this hotel. Now, this is going on within 30, 45 days of Election Day. Okay. Is that too so- late? And I'm, I'm going to ask the question, then we got to go with it. Is that too late in the campaign for Donald Trump to be trying to make a deal with the Russians? That's the question. We're going to get the Republican answer when we come back. <laughs> 1-800-723-8289. You can come in with your answer as well. Does that smell fishy to you? Debt. We can all get in a bit too deep. Members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. An NFCC credit counselor helped me get back in control. I took charge of my debt. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. My NFCC financial advocate taught me all I needed to know. I mastered my student loan debt. We wanted to buy our first home, but weren't sure if we were mortgage ready. Our NFCC housing counselor helped us make a plan. We're on a path to our first home. NFCC member agencies serve all 50 states and Puerto Rico. Convenient, helpful, knowledgeable, nonprofit. Financial advocates there for you. We We put put debt in in its place. Be one of 5 million people to beat debt by 2020. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Question to our Republicans. Uh, um, there's testimony suggesting that Donald Trump was trying to put together a hotel deal in October of 2016 when throughout the campaign Donald Trump said that he had no business deals with, uh, with Russia. Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, whose testimony, Bruce? Well, it, it, it's Michael Cohen. Yeah, there you go. Okay. okay. I feel like okay. Michael Cohen's a liar, and he's been proven a liar, and he's been prosecuted for his lying. And why are we going to believe anything Michael Cohen says at this point? So let's, let's see the documents. And, and besides, I mean, let's, let's, look, there's no doubt everybody knew that Trump was a businessman. Everybody knows that he was trying to get a hotel in Russia. Yeah. And, and I don't fault him for that. I, I don't fault him for that at all. Do you, now, the do timing you fault him, of it, do, you, do you fault him for trying to do that in October of 2016 when for the year prior to that – he had denied to the American people that he had any business dealings in Russia. 
Well, I, you I mean, know, this was I going think, on, I think you there's know. some nuance of language here. First of all, when Cohen talks about Trump's doing this, does he mean personally Trump? Does he mean some, the organization. Of some organization of Trump's? Does he mean his some business interests that he may have an alliance with? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I think that there's some nuances to he- here and. The man's a business. So here's, here's the question I have. You're electing, you're electing somebody with a lot of business experience. His business interests. His business interests are Donald Trump. Mm. That is a very, very closely held organization. And if somebody, obviously, he's not in Moscow uh, writing the deal, and obviously he has one or two other people uh, scoping things out, including family members. But their presence is he. That's uh, that, that's as tight an organization as probably, if you can call it an organization, as exists in this country. I here's the question and I have: speculate How did, on that? We, we, I'd like to see exactly what that means. How did the Russians keep Hillary from campaigning in Wisconsin? Oh, there's right? there, there's no question about. I, like, I'm not, that's that's the question I have, right? I, so not, everybody likes to believe that it's it's <sighs> Russia's fault that Hillary missed the layup. No. Hillary screwed that campaign up. I, by the way, you, I, I've been saying that from the get from <laughs> from the end of the campaign. Mm-hmm. But I do want to put it in context: is if if Donald Trump throughout the campaign was saying that there was no business deals going on, and it turns out that there were business deals going on in October, I mean, I would like to know that. It doesn't. It, it it it's a piece of information that I think the American people sure, should I'd have. Sure, I'd love to know. Uh, some people, you know, it, it wouldn't mean anything to them. I'm just saying is it's it's a piece of information. I, <clears throat> I would want to know the idea that Russia tipped the election for Donald Trump is wish casting. It is it is trying to explain how Hillary missed what should have been an easy election. I she totally was in agree. Arizona I, trying to run the score up in the electoral college. I totally agree. Instead of yeah. being in Wisconsin. And, and it was her election to lose. I thought she was going to lose. I, I, right? just, I, mean, I thought she was going to win. Yeah, look, right? I, look I, I just, this is what I see. I see that Trump is going around the world and pulling out of this and pulling out of that and talking to this place and talking to that and basically disrupting and, and in, incredibly changing our foreign policy that we've had for a long time or even new policies that we entered into. And it all always seems to align with what the Russian government would like to see that the is, United States that doing is in a weakened state of power. That is absolutely false. No, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that by talking to North Korea that that's like a terrible thing. I think we should have open dialogue with people that we disagree with, hence this show, right? <laughs> but I think like pulling out of this treaty or this accord. So you think like, that he so shouldn't have pulled out of the um, ICBM missile treaty? The START treaty. The yeah. START treaty. Should he not have done Russia, that? Why would Russia Russia's already, us- uh, Russia had already violated those, that treaty. I mean, American so soldiers have killed Russians in Syria, right? right if you look let, at the actual let, policies let, of the so again, administration. Again, right? So there were a lot of people figured out that we needed to be in that region for a reason. And again, as non-interventionists, I didn't want us there in the first place as well. But to hastily pull out, right, because almost on a whim to please a base and then allow, again, which Russia, Russia has interest, what, Russia has interest in that region as well, right? Wait, Are we the talking Wall about Street the Syrian Journal conflict? opined against it. The National Review opined against it. Uh, conservative uh, commentators yeah. throughout the okay, U.S. So may- actually opined against Ukraine? pulling out of Syria, pulling out of Afghanistan. He, yeah. well, how is that playing to his base, the fact that he is pulling back military assets? Yeah, no, I'm with, it's not playing, playing to his base. I it's just, actually the opposite. I just think the way, that, the way that a lot of the things that he's been doing are just hastily done. It's done without any, any uh, actual thought to it in the first I, I place, I, and I, it always I mean, seems to align. Rose, and I have what? complete con- confidence in Pompeo, by the way, a what? West Pointer. 
Don Rose. What, if, if he ever listens to Pompeo or listens to anybody else. Don Rose, what do you think the president's goal is in his meeting in Vietnam with Kim Jong-un next week? He has uh, uh, two or three goals, one of which is to distract from some of the negative stuff that's going oh, on Oh, but this here. has been on the books for a long uh, time. Number two, he is looking for that Nobel Peace Prize. He is looking for okay. a win that he can use for the campaign. And uh, just as, you know, he's, he's going to come back, uh, as he came back from the first one, saying, we won. Uh, there is no nuclear problem. What's he trying to distract from right now? that's happening in the U.S.? What's the distraction? All all of this negative publicity around uh, uh, um, the whole investigation. Michael Cohen is going to distract from the president. He's coming before, you know. Cohen is his baby. I actually think that he's in a very strong position right now. You've got the trade deal with China moving forward um, with incredible momentum, um, and and that's going to be a win-win. You've got, um, got, uh, you know, at least a semblance of foreign policy with North Korea. He's making it, he's trying to sit down with them. You haven't had a missile attack or a missile launching from them since November of 2017. They His, dismantled one of their test sites. They did all that they needed well. to do. That's why they were ready to, to, to negotiate. You know damn well that they're not going to give up very much of their nuclear power there because their nuclear power is what got them where they did. And they know very well what happened when uh, uh, Gaddafi, Gaddafi yeah. uh, de- agreed to denuclearize. So, you know, this idea of uh, uh, denuclearization of any significant amount in North Korea is a unicorn. Do you agree with that? Uh, no, I think that there's an opportunity here. I think that the North Koreans are in dire straits. And I think that if, if, we, can, if we can continue to put the economic pressure on them, that I think actually Chairman Kim may come to the table and may do something. I, I actually firmly believe that Don, if anybody can get a deal done with Chairman Kim, it's somebody like Donald Trump. I mean, I, th- this problem has been a problem since Carter, right? Every president since Carter has tried to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. reintegrate North Korea back into the world fold, right, the, the diplomatic fold. I, I think that Trump has made more progress than Obama did or than Bush did. Um, we need to be cognizant of the Kim family's um, bait and switches, history of bait and switches, where they take, you know, f- food aid, for example, and then continue to to do whatever they were doing before. Um, but it, it's positive. I mean, um, there have been five or six Americans that have come home, have been able to come home from North Korea as pre- um, um, pri- formerly as prisoners since since um, these talks began. Okay. Um, I, I, I would submit that most yeah. of this most of this was all possible because North Korea, under its present leadership, finally reached the point of strength where they felt that they could act. All this time that they were double-crossing Carter and double-crossing Bush uh, all along, Mm -hmm. uh, they were building. And when they built to the point that they felt they had the strength uh, to scare the pants off everybody uh, with their missiles and with their nuclear uh, instruments, 
they're ready to talk and yeah, they're ready the one, to give up a little bit. The one hope I have, bit. though, have mm-hmm. Don, the one hope I have, though, is that we have maybe something percolating like you had with the end of the Cold War. Well, I have literally, t- the I, Soviet I, Union basically collapsed because they could not sustain it. They economically couldn't sustain anything, and and their people, you know, the disruption began in Poland, obviously, and and, and that filtered over, and people started to grow strength. And now you've got kind of an opening between South and North Korea, and you've had they've had uh, the same sort of propaganda going in from South Korea over the radio waves into North Korea. You've got a populace that is essentially enslaved in North Korea, and I am hopeful that event that really they can no longer economically sustain anything in that country, and the unrest is going to become to the point where Kim's going to have to come to the table to get something done. He's also getting... That's what my hope is. Well, that's a hope. I agree with it as a hope. I just don't believe it. Well, it did happen over... That's how we got the Soviet Union to back down, though, economically. But North Korea is also dealing with a a different South Korea, a different South Korean leader. And South Korean leader, I mean, he may be the guy that gets the, the Nobel Peace Prize. Right. Because he's, he's making everybody, right. he, his interest is the future of South Korea. And he is moving the needle significantly. And I think that what comes out of this is, you know, there's going to be another summit meeting. There may be a summit meeting once a year. Maybe there's once a year through 2020 or 2024. And, and that's the relationship we have. And during that period of time, there's, there, there are no nukes. They may, be do, they may be building their nukes. They're not giving them up. I, I also believe I, I, don't, I don't think North Korea is going to give up all their nukes. The way to North Korea is the way to North Korea. It'll be a situation where they'll have nukes, we'll have nukes, yes. but there'll be coexistence because, you know what, because Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, they get along. Yeah, and that's fine. They're not, they're, they don't want to kill each other, yeah. and, and, and they don't need to kill each other. We, we, it's, we, not, yeah. it's the same thing with the Soviet Union. Yes. It's MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction. Right. Yeah, basically. There's yeah. No, yeah. None, there's, none, none of those people, we were not going to bomb them, and they were not going to bomb us. Because they know if they made one aggressive move, they would turn that that whole country into nuclear wasteland. There is no comparison between the military strength of North Korea and the the, um, military strength of the Soviet Union in the 80s. Like, America with conventional weapons could make, like putting aside the nuclear arsenal, could, could make that entire country a crater. And North Korea knows that. Yeah, they know it, but also, in my view, they're not going to give it up. Yeah. And yeah. again, you know, uh, Kim Jong-un, he's as happy with these summit meetings as Donald Trump. Yep. Yeah, okay. It gives him presence on a world stage. They go back well, to I would say it's better than the fire. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly. But we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. 
Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. First one back in Chicago. Let's go to Mike listening to us on KXLY in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead. Oh, thanks, Bruce. Thanks for taking my call. See, we don't want to start playing the shell game with North Korea. Are the missiles here? Are they there? We don't want to be surprised and learn someday, one day that there are 20 missiles ready for a launch. Um, inspections are mandatory and necessary, and if not, then sanctions would should be enforced. Well, sanctions are being enforced, and I don't think... And they're being effective. Mm -hmm. How do we know that? Well, because the Kim Kim regime is coming to the table, or it has already come to the table, instead of continuing this recalcitrance um, that they've demonstrated during the Obama administration. Amy, do you think, um, and again, I, I personally do not believe that North Korea would ever denuclearize. I mean, the reason that they're a power is because we think they have weapons, and in fact, they have weapons already. I don't think anybody's surprised with that. Should we be willing to say that we would pull out all U.S. military personnel from South Korea as our part of a bargain if indeed they ever did agree to get rid of all their nukes? Again, obviously with, with oversight to make sure they actually did it. Is that something we should promise? Well, we've been working with the South Koreans for decades, right? And so they're well equipped to handle their own defense to some degree. And we have certainly we have bases throughout the whole Southeast area. So whether or not we have to have troops stationed on South Korea proper, I guess it depends on how the deal is written. But I don't know if anybody believes that Korea is actually going to give up nuclear right. weapons. Yeah. I mean, that, that, would, that is the big mm-hmm. question. Agree. It would have to be the most verif- not just verifiable, but verified before right. they did that. Yeah, there's, there's no way. Right. There's no way that the United States pulls out of South Korea because I don't even think South Korea wants us to pull out. Right. Right. I mean, no. we still have we still have a huge well, military presence Korea, in what Japan. What if North Korea wants it? This is. Yeah, we don't trust them. I'm just saying is yeah. that I'm just saying is what 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 is what is Kim Jong Un going to ask for? In return, if he decides, I'm going to denuke my entire country, what does he get in return? Let's say all the sanctions go off. Yeah. The president is going to make the point, allegedly, when he's in Vietnam, this is a great country now. Look at all, look at the success it has here. We, you know, this, Vietnam could be North Korea in five or ten years if you, if you turn our way. I think, he's self, be I think he's self-interested. I think he wants economic prosperity that he controls. I think that's far more right. important to him than anything else. Because what else important can he to get Kim? to Kim himself yeah. and his family and his dynasty? Right. I think he just wants to control all the economics of that country. I don't think he really cares to, to invest much more into this. This was only a tool for him to get what he wanted in the end. What about yeah, Bruce? Yes, go ahead, Mike. Uh, you know, I think troops should stay in Korea, at least some troops in North, South Korea, but also we could perhaps reduce our missiles, eliminate some of our missiles. No, so, I was going to say, well, hold on. I, I was going to no. say, it, it's, it, it's very, like, how do we get to go around the world and say, you can't have this, but we can? Right. Like like our protection we're not starving our people to death. Well, you know what? Take a trip on the south side a little bit and then tell me that again. All right. So, you know, there are. Sorry, you're comparing you cannot, poverty in the south side to to the Kim regime's 
enslavement of of their people. people? All right, loose, loosely connected. I will, no, I will concede. No but at the same time, look, loosely connected, loosely connected. I will concede. But at the same time, you understand what I'm saying, so don't trivialize it in that manner. Yes, what Kim is doing to his people is insane. They are programmed to believe that America is the enemy. I'm aware of all of this, but at the same time, we keep poking at these these countries around the world, and it never works out for us in the end. The only thing we have to do in in, in return. Uh, for what we do to other people's countries is make more weapons for ourselves because we're, we're uh, the target of attacks constantly because of the things that we're continuously doing throughout the world. Again, that's part of the non-interventionist policy. So are you suggesting so, we pull out of NATO? No, I think NATO was set well, to up. What le- well, to what, what are you suggesting then? Suge- are you suggesting I, that we don't help allies anywhere at any point? Well, here's the thing. We, we, well, there's a difference between Germany. helping allies helping and creating Korea. conflict. That's what I'm saying. This is about South so, Korea and Japan. Let them, let, let, right. let them so, so what I'm saying is there's a difference between uh, assisting allies when they're asking us for help or creating a conflict, right? And I think more often than not that what we have historically done is created conflicts. We were talking about Latin America and, like, to bring back the architect of Iran-Contra who was convicted of wrongdoings and then assigning him as the ambassador back to uh, Venezuela or the uh, – special envoy or whatever his title is now, like, why are we doing that again? And that's what I'm saying is that we're continuously doing that over and over instead of maybe the answer is this, yes, so what no. Do you, what do you mean? Because, so, so you're maybe the okay answer, with Korea what, what, what violating off Genie, missiles. Genie, Here, here's, here's the thing. So it's okay yeah. that, that, Korea, that North Korea continues to fire off missiles, and we should just let Japan and, and South Korea just, just in the Philippines and anybody else within no, but range not, there but they're not. But the, worry but, about it? Should well, we just let them worry about it? And, there's and been no damage done by those but, tests. And that's what I'm saying. They're the, shooting them off the into North the ocean. The sunk, sunk a South Korean uh, Corvette. I don't approve of it, but... Uh, With the South Korean Corvette. These were not warlike gestures. No, this is, this is like, the thing. Retaliate when, retaliate when attacked, right? So, like, for instance, like, when I was deployed, it was, uh, I was only allowed to engage if I was first engaged upon, right? And, and like... I may not have liked it, but every time I drove outside the wire, I had to be hit first. And that was just the way it was, okay? Because that was the right thing to do. And so that's what I'm saying as an American powerhouse in the world that that should be our policy. And that's why we're pursuing a diplomatic solution. Like nobody is seriously entertaining a military intervention in North Korea. We're sitting here talking about leaving troops in Korea for what reason? Because the South Koreans want them there. It's the same reason that, that we still have a huge. It's, it's the same reason we still have a huge base in Okinawa. It's a right. well, and that's it's the same reason why we have bases all around the world too. The right? reason right. the reason we have bases right. around the world is because the United world States the United States is the guarantor of world security. That's exactly right. right? And uh, the are reason, you the, the, reason United States, the reason that the sea lanes are patrolled by our yeah, fleet. Yeah, I would like. I would like. I would like. Yes, I would like to reduce the number of military bases around the world. Look, this is what I this Our is what I truly believe. There. This is what I tr- well okay. I, I think that there's long-standing uh, agreements between political powers not like normal people. I think if you talk to most normal people in those places, and I understand that they're not tasked with their own security. No, they're thrilled to have us there because they like the economic but, yeah, the the number benefits of, jobs, of it as well. And they're not, they're wait, not wait, wait, to pay for their own Jeannie, though, wait. If yeah. we want NATO to pay its fair share That's also true. of, of and, and they're now coming to do it because yeah. the president's That's asked, right. I mean, should we also ask some of these other countries to continue to pay a much greater percentage, even more so than what they know for NATO. Sure, but that's different than... They may than, like us there because we're good business but, but that's different than pulling Get out a pause entirely. back shortly from Scott. Yeah, it's a bully. 
Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Debt. We can all get in a bit too deep. Members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. An NFCC credit counselor helped me get back in control. I took charge of my debt. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. My NFCC financial advocate taught me all I needed to know. I mastered my student loan debt. We wanted to buy our first home, but weren't sure if we were mortgage ready. Our NFCC housing counselor helped us make a plan. We're on a path to our first home. NFCC member agencies serve all 50 states and Puerto Rico. Convenient, helpful, knowledgeable, nonprofit. Financial advocates there for you. We We put put debt debt in in its place. Be one of 5 million people to beat debt by 2020. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live, the experience. Tuesday through Sundays and open late on Wednesday nights at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Order tickets at museum.tv. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for being with us. Hour number two of our broadcast this evening. And, uh, we talked that the President of the United States and Kim Jong-un are going to be meeting in Vietnam midweek to a two-day summit meeting to figure out uh, what's next for U.S.-North Korean relations. Uh, and while that's going on in Washington, D.C., um, Mr. Michael Cohen is going to be testifying for a couple of days. And my question to you, uh, Derek Addis, because you are our independent, um, is it fair, while the President of the United States is away on a diplomatic mission, is it fair to have a high visibility hearing that's going to be very critical of the President? Is that good for the country? 
Mm. Yeah, no, I understand that. Uh, yeah. I, the, but the president arranged the timing because he knew it was coming up. That's and right. that's why we had this rather sudden announcement that we're suddenly going to have a new summit. So yeah. the president had, had as much to do with it um, to make me make it look unfair. But he knew what the timing was for those hearings. But the, Dem- the Democrats could, could change the hearings. What, what, what do you think from a political standpoint? I'm, I'm not, not even from a political standpoint, just from, from, a, from an American standpoint. Is, yeah. it, is it good for, for someone to be spilling the beans? And he's going to be spilling the beans. He's not going to be saying anything good about the president. Yeah. Couldn't that wait another couple of days or, or, or next week? I want the president to do well, right? Yeah. Because he's leading us, and I want... Uh, I, want the I don't world. think Adam Schiff does. But, but, you know, to Don's point, this is something that he's orchestrated, orchestrated himself. So you want to play stupid games, I, you want, win stupid prizes. You know what I mean? So you can't complain no, just, about... You just don't pull out a summit in, and, and in, also, in Vietnam in, also the know, Michael in Cohen, two weeks yeah. because you find out that Cohen's going to testify. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that. This has coming. been in the also works Cohen, for months. Yeah. Also, Cohen, uh, this has already been pushed back a number of times, so it may just be the perfect storm where it finally needs to have, have to happen, right? He got a number of extensions oh, I, I for this. I think that the con- Congress you know? think, definitely... I mean, I think the, so the Democrats have orchestrated this. As it's Congress's prerogative, though. Yeah, right? who cares, actually, the, the legislature is supreme, right? And they can do what they want as an independent um, branch of government. Jeannie said in the last segment, or the last hour, when I quoted Michael Cohen with something, well, he's a liar. My question to you is, should we disbelieve everything that Michael Cohen says? Yes. Why? Why, why is he not in jail anyway? Well, he's going know. to jail. Yeah, going I, exactly. To jail. Yeah. So, why, what, you know, why doesn't he just start that right now and get, be you, done with it? You can't negate that we... he has no information. No, you but, can't say no, that I, nothing I just, he has is of, of value. I mean, he was there for a long okay. time. I, I think it depends on what he says and whether it can be independently verifiable. Mm-hmm. I don't think that everything – I don't think that we should right. take yeah. it as, as – as gospel, As gospel yeah, no, just because it. Cohen says something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's clearly got sour grapes from the way in which that relationship ended, and he's got an axe to grind and should be treated that right. you know, that same way. But if someone has an axe to grind, and let, let's go beyond Michael Cohen. If someone has an axe to grind in politics... Like the House Democrats. That doesn't mean that the axe they're grinding is wrong. Right, right, but yeah. but it shouldn't be They're treated. The but, it, but it shouldn't be treated as an admission against interest. It's it's helping them. I mean, it's the same thing with Comey's press tour. It's the same thing with McCabe's press tour. They're just trying to. It's self-aggrandizing. Don, in in the in the political, let's look a, uh, on the impact of on twenty twenty, because the investigations of Donald Trump primarily on the Russian collusion allegations. Because that has now in, in, engulfed uh, the body politic for almost two years now, with names, dates, places, I mean, just, you know, lawyers, I mean, a, 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 a web of confusion. Lawyers and liars. <laughs> lawyers and liars, a confusion, uh, certainly confusion. Has this, um, has the investigation lost its import as a political document, as a political vehicle, because it's now so complex and confusing to so many people. In other words, have both sides muddied the waters to such an extent that it may not have any significant impact affecting Donald Trump? Well, I think it will have an impact regardless. Uh, We have no idea 
no idea what it's going to say. Right. It could exonerate uh, Donald, and it could say that there was collusion at a certain level. Manafort could be guilty of collusion representing the campaign, uh, let's say hypothetically, and uh, the president could have known nothing about it. But the thing that Manafort was uh, charged with... Um, indicted on, predated his involvement with the campaign. It was when he was lobbying um, uh, what was the Ukrainian prime minister. He was lobbying on behalf of the Ukrainian prime minister. That, that has nothing to do with the campaign, the Trump campaign. If you look at – I mean – well, I think it, it, it all comes down to the evidence, really. And if the American people are allowed to see the evidence, if, if Cohen comes back and we can verify maybe things that he says, it comes down to the evidence. And there's, there's no bigger – I, I guess, um, current relevant example of this than the Jesse Smollett issue, right? <laughs> so everybody right. sort of wanted to believe him. He goes on, right. does this big tell-all with Robin Roberts on ABC. And then, sure enough, it, it's just it was just one of the best theatrical pieces of work that he has ever done in his history of acting. But he used and so, so you can't um, – you, we – you know what? At this point, I mean, I'm. Are we with, changing I'm with our topic? Trust yeah. but verify. Yeah. No, we're, we're, no, we're, we're just talking about liars. We're talking about liars. Yeah. People well, who lie. People we're all liars. who use and, things. And actually, next topic. Gee, that's so, a, so that's I a, just a, want the facts. Give me the facts, yeah, and no, I'll make it my own decision. Mr. Trump has been known to bend the truth now and then. Yes, he does. He does that, and honestly, and you know what? And I would agree that we've got we've got a significant liar on the top. Yes. So and it's gone down lots of ways. There's there, there should we not believe anything Donald ever says? No. Actually, I think that he intentionally goes over the top on some of his rhetoric He's because absolutely that's who hyperbolic. he is. Yeah. He is absolutely he's he does a that as, it's a, he's a provocateur. It's a, it's a, yeah, that's, exactly. I, I, I that's know, who he like, is, but he's you know like that. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I that's like the You said you like disruptors. That's No, and I do, and I do, and don't, and don't get me wrong. No, and I do. But if it comes you know out what? that factually, you know what? And as much as, as much as when, the, as much as when he was elected, I was not very happy. I really, really hoped that he would uh, strike a chord with everyone who didn't vote and everyone who felt apathetic to the voting process because. Every like superhero movie needs a, a bad guy, right? And everyone rallies around the superhero when the bad guy has had control for a little bit. And so, yeah, I like people. I like disruptors. What? You know, I I like. Are you calling Donald Trump a supervillain? I mean, or you a know, superhero. Here's the deal, <laughs> no. though. So, yeah. so so I like to look at the body of the work that he's been able to to accomplish. What has he done? Oh, what, right. what's, what are the facts on it? And, oh, no. and I, I go back. You know, yeah. I I don't pay attention to tweets. I, I'm not really a Twitter fan myself. Yeah, so, yeah. But I like to look and see what has been accomplished and yes. what hasn't. And those okay. are those are what he will be judged on in the end. Yeah, and I don't. I want to take yeah. a second, Don. I, I mentioned at the beginning of the program. You you are a lifelong progressive. Yeah. Um, if you were to look at all the things that Donald Trump has done since he's been president, give us the three or four things that are most uh, upsetting to you as a progressive. That's the question. Mm-hmm. We're going to break. We've got three minutes of commercials coming up. So you've got three minutes to come up with your litany. 1-800-723-8289. We've got a conservative. We've got a progressive. We've got both sides covered tonight. We even have an independent here who sounds like a Democrat, but he says he's an independent. <laughs> Back shortly from Chicago.
Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live, The Experience. Tuesday through Sundays, and open late on Wednesday nights at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Order tickets at museum.tv. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Uh, earlier in the broadcast, uh, Jeannie Ives gave a great uh, list of, of things that she thinks the president has done that warrants a, a re-election. And uh, Don Rose is our progressive guest this evening. And so, Don, I want to give you an opportunity. Of all the things, and probably there isn't anything that the president has done that you have liked uh, thus far. But uh, what are two or three of the things that you think are most egregious to your personal <clears throat> political sensitivity? I, I think it's it's not a single action, but a combination of actions and rhetoric that have exacerbated the racial and ethnic divides uh, in in the country. Uh, everything from his rhetoric around the wall to his rhetoric around Charlottesville, good people on both sides. Uh, he has just played into uh, dividing this nation. And, you know, through, as I say, some of it is rhetoric and some of it were actions like revoking DACA and then holding DACA uh, 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 hostage. And then internationally, a series of actions that have helped uh, uh, really uh, disrupt the Western alliance, Uh, whether it's threatening NATO or pulling out of the Iran deal uh, or pulling out... making enemies out of uh, 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 Germany and France, uh, supporting uh, and promoting Brexit. Uh, The the whole Western alliance is threatened, and America's standing in the world, at least in the Western world, has been very seriously uh, disrupted, to use your word, and uh, I don't know if we can regain trust. That is what fatalistic and hyperbolic. I, I like sure he has not been fatalistic maybe. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> hyperbolic. I, I mean, you know, this is a country that has uh such racial divides and and all that kind of stuff that we need to fake um hate crime attacks, right? Like like if if these things were happening at an increased pace, which the public believes, which is not true. It's not true. Um you wouldn't have Jesse Smollett paying two guys to to fake yeah, beat him up. Now, but you now say... you're, you're you're trying to take a, really a disastrous, awful single yeah. incident yeah. Uh, by one uh, person, very sick guy. Yeah. Okay, and and, and compare it to what Donald Trump has done 
for uh, two years, for at okay, least two years about, and longer let's talk to about divide this the country. University of Begin, Virginia be, hoax. Beginning with his, uh, even before about, he was president. Well, let's talk about the Coast Guard, man, uh, Coast Guard man that recently got arrested. There's been no word from our president on his terror plot, yeah. right? And so all, all, all okay, we're trying but, to, oh, well, nobody all I'm saying came is. About something came out today. So, yeah. so, all I'm saying is as the president of the United States, your job, right, if we're going to champion democracy around the world, is first we, we fix our home first, right? And you, you alluded to the, to the notion that racial divide has been here for quite some time. And we need a uniter no, I'm in say, chief. I'm saying it's not, not, as, not a divider as, in chief, right? And that's really what he's been doing. But I think he is fixing things at home. I think the idea, I mean, and I'm so, not a tariff know, fan. Like, I'm not a tariff fan, but I tell you what, no. we are finally getting the Chinese to deal with us and to bring down their tariffs, and we're making progress there. Um, and that's good for Americans, and it's a f- more fair system. I think that he's he's being fair. Uh, he's finally standing up for Americans against the uh, with against NATO the, so, by making them pay their fair share. Let's, he, they're they're yeah. still they're strong. Let's go back. We, to we, we got a along for we, we got along for forty or so, or how many ever many years. Uh, NATO has been in existence, and we were they the beneficiary are. of the NATO alliance. Not very long. We were the last beneficiaries of the NATO alliance after nine eleven. Yeah, those people came. Came in to help us after we were attacked. Like after we were attacked, when yeah. we needed it. But was it wrong That's for right. him to demand of the NATO countries to pay their fair share? Yeah, they agreed to pay everybody, a certain percentage as, 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 as That's a common condition sense. of membership. That, that, that has right. been going on for a long time, and the fact that he enforced it, that may be to his credit. Okay. But to, but to um, actually disrespect and build further disrespect for NATO, yeah. apart from that issue, is a very dangerous thing. Well, but yeah, how? To threaten to, threat like, to pull out is yes. absolutely nuts. So, of so things, how? Of those, of those things that you, that you uh, rattled off uh, that you did not like about the president, which of those items? Because, you, you know, you, you, in a campaign for president, you can't have nine or ten things to focus on. What would you focus on and what would you advise uh, the Democratic field thus far uh, to focus on? Uh, when they're trying to win this election, uh, this, 2020. I hope you don't take this as a cop-up, but I would do what I would do in any campaign, poll and see what issues work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. And which, which of those issues do you think would work? I mean, you haven't polled, but what does your gut tell you? Because you've got a good gut, too, Don. I think probably um, racial division. You're saying but, to the Democrats' advantage would be racial division would be a poll for them? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Uh, no. Explo- uh, uh, attacking Trump uh, on that? Uh, attacking Trump uh, on his racial uh, division. Specifically, I think may get, you know, as everybody says, we're playing between the 40-yard lines, maybe even between the 45-yard lines. And what is going to get the conscience of that 10 to 15 percent that is still open? Um, but he's I, been great. He's been great on the racial issues. Look, you have the lowest black unemployment in the history of the nation. You've got the lowest Hispanic unemployment. You've yep. got Americans well, back to your the, job. But a lot of you, that was already set security. in place by the previous administration. We know that, that to be true. true. That is not going economy. to be a winning issue for him because it, his, really it, it is his – re- well, uh, maybe it won't work. I'm telling you, I polled. I happen to think it will work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, your argument might, you, I actually think, the, you o- need, o- o- override that. Does, do the Democrats need an African-American at the top of the ticket or in the number two spot to get the necessary black turnout that they didn't get with Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine? Hmm. 
You're nodding your head. Yeah, no. I'm saying no. I, 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 I know two Democrats so. last week who said absolutely. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, go ahead, Don. <clears throat> At the moment, I do not believe so. I believe that there will be enough, that there is enough uh, general antagonism uh, to bring out the vote that did not come out last time. Yeah. Now, it, it may help I, if there was a, a, a vice presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. Right now, I happen to think that uh, uh, Sherrod Brown is the ideal general election candidate, although he may not make it through primaries here. <clears throat> of those who are in. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going to turn to you, the independent. Now. Yeah. So it goes without who's saying. A, who's yeah. in? Uh, you were for Bernie Sanders. I'm last still time. for Mr. Sanders. Bernie Sanders will be the, our next president. I'm calling that right now. I'll make a bet okay. with you. So, Do you want to make a bet on that? Is that legal? I think that's still legal. Can we? Do I mean, it it's a gen- gentleman's oh. bet. A gentleman's bet. Uh, yeah. So and let me and let me tell you why. And let me <laughs> we'll tell you save why. The tape. And let me we'll tell you. Let, let me tell you why the skin color thing I feel doesn't matter as much. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it could have really uh, good implications, and I feel like it's not a. It wouldn't be a bad thing, right? But. I think uh, as the proliferation of communication has strengthened, meaning the Internet, right, and our ability to communicate with each other from all around the world on different levels has allowed people to understand that once we rip off this epidermal layer, we literally are all the same inside, right? We all kind of have the same desires, the same wants, needs, things like that, right? And so to have a candidate when that person talks from a place of true, genuine intentions, right, I think that is what brings the voters out. Why did he not have any significant support in the black community last time? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so I think I think the problem was, again, the DNC is a very, the DNC is the force that it is. And I think that, Let's you know, talk about what Bernie said and how he said it. For... Why did Bernie Sanders not get significant yeah, black no, I think, support no, last time? No, I think time? because at the end of the day, the, the Democratic Party had an agenda, and their candidate was Hillary Clinton. And, you know, a lot of times people, uh, and we'll talk about Chicago politics later, a lot of times it's a lot for people to keep up with, right? And so they, I'm a Democrat. This is who the DNC is telling me to vote for. This is where I'm going to go. Let me give the answer to the same. Let me your answer. I want to have your answer. Uh, and I voted for Bernie. Right. Uh, yeah. Bernie oh did not have a, a, or exhibit, and I don't think he had, and he's just slowly coming around to it, a genuine understanding of uh, the African-American community and of the nature of racism separated from the economic issue. That's fair. There's an old left perspective uh, that... Racism is not a separate thing, but racism is based on economics. And um, if you solve the economic problem, you solve the, race, the, the racial problem. That is not true, in my view. And Bernie's lack of understanding of that prevented him from developing any kind of base. And he was running against a candidate who, not through her own um, devices, but because he was identified with Bill Clinton, who was very popular in the African-American community, uh, that she was able to garner that. And I, I think the role of the DNC... But has uh, he learned... Which was maligned, but, but we, not, we'd not be definitive. happy to take yeah, has he le- has he well, le- But here's uh, the point. I don't know. We here's know the point. The has he that. learned anything... Since the last time. We will see. Well, I think I $6 know. million I think dollars in I, I, 24 I, 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 hours. Has he, he ever had, spoken with you about it? He had, I haven't spoken to him about it, but he, he, he has certainly learned something. Now, whether he is able to uh, um, 
manifest it politically yes. or electorally, I do not I'd know. Like to I don't Bernie know Sanders, what, Bernie Sanders. Here's his answer. Then he I himself the is, he and his wife are, are, are I mean, they're so corrupt. I this mean, is they, just a grift. Oh really? It's a grift. Idea, yeah, really? Bernie Sanders is corrupt? Yeah, he and his Please wife scam on that, that the, the entire the University college, of Vermont. University yeah, of Vermont. Thing. I mean, give me a break. How, who does that? Who takes out a loan like that and then uses it for personal expenses? He's got he's got a couple it's different a mansions. I mean, it's just yeah. you know, these people are just as personally corrupt. I as the think next the answer to the question that I asked was when Bernie Sanders early in the campaign uh, last time around was asked the most important issue facing America, mm-hmm. and he said climate change. That's true. Now the people who That's applauded insane. in his audience that they liked to hear that, but I've got to tell you. African-Americans who are trying to make ends meet living on the south or west side of Chicago or in Watts or in any black community around the United States, I got to tell you, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here, I doubt that climate change is a top three issue for African-Americans <laughs> that, that, in America. That, that, it's that, not that, even that, a top that, 20. That is a... Debt. We can all get in a bit too deep. Members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. An NFCC credit counselor helped me get back in control. I took charge of my debt. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. My NFCC financial advocate taught me all I needed to know. I mastered my student loan debt. We wanted to buy our first home, but weren't sure if we were mortgage ready. Our NFCC housing counselor helped us make a plan. We're on a path to our first home. NFCC member agencies serve all 50 states and Puerto Rico. Convenient, helpful, knowledgeable, nonprofit. Financial advocates there for you. We We put put debt debt in in its place. Be one of 5 million people to beat debt by 2020. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago got a lively foursome tonight. We're going to let them introduce themselves and we're going to begin with Don Rose. I'm Don Rose, independent political consultant and columnist for the Chicago Daily Observer. And also, we should mention that uh, you were press secretary to Jesse Jackson's... And Dr. Martin Luther and King. And Dr. Martin Luther and King. And Harold Washington. And Harold Washington. And you were very involved in the Harold Washington campaign, Was in indeed. addition to being the architect of Jane Burns' 1979 upset victory for mayor of Chicago. And I write a damn good column, too. And, it's and, won five awards. That's right. <laughs> Jeff Holm is here. Uh, my name is Jeff Holm. I'm uh, a member of the Young Republican National Federation. I'm the club development chair, actually. Uh, so the, the YRNF is a national organization that creates uh, chapters of Young Republican organizations, and um, my job is to help uh, establish more. Um, I used to run the Chicago Young Republicans. Um, I'm a native Chicago lander, live in the city now, DePaul graduate. Um, and uh, how old uh, how old do you have to be to be a young Republican? It is uh, eight, young. 18 to 40 is the age. 18 to 40. Well, I just missed it. <laughs> well, yeah. Derek Addis joins us. Uh, yeah, Derek Addis. Uh, I'm an NBA candidate at DePaul. I'm an Iraqi war veteran. I'm just kind of a regular person that has a bunch of thoughts in my head. Plain-speaking American. Plain-speaking American. Uh, I like to facilitate conversations with people uh, to kind of open dialogue so that we can understand we all kind of have the same wants, desires, and wishes inside. And if we sit down and talk rationally about things, I think we can all come to an agreement. So, Okay. Two tours of duty? Uh, in Iraq, yes. Okay. Yeah. And a native of Texas? 
Uh, yeah, I grew up uh, in San Antonio, Texas, and Brownsville, Texas, and uh, also Chicago. Summertime's in Chicago, uh, school time in San Antonio. Jeannie Ives. Farmer is from Texas. Jeannie Ives. Uh, yeah, I'm Jeannie Ives. I am a suburban mother of five, and I'm also a former Illinois state representative, and I also ran for governor um, on the Republican side. And you got 48% of the vote. That's right. A leading figure of conservative Republicans in the state. Um, I want to spend just a couple more minutes talking about what the Democratic field might look like. You've already identified yourself as a as a Bernie Sanders supporter. Don, are you uh, are you ready for another uh, run with Bernie Sanders? Uh, I don't. I haven't made uh, a decision yet. I've just been looking at uh, uh, the potentials of. Uh, I think the number one issue is who stands the best chance of defeating Donald Trump. And my uh, decision is going to be based on that analysis rather than who I feel closest to. Okay. I I, I love a lot of things I've seen. Uh, I still like Bernie. Uh, I'm not sure whether I will still be with him. Uh, As I said earlier, I think Sherrod Brown is the best general election candidate, but I don't know if he makes it through the primaries. What is your opinion of Amy Klobuchar, who thus far is the more moderate person in the, in the race for the Democrats? I think she is a uh, strong potential candidate. Um, a few things have happened uh, recently. Uh, I think she has been um, putting herself in a position where she will be a less likely uh, winner of the primaries by um, moderating or seeming to diss some of the positions, uh, which, you know, are certainly uh, questionable positions. But I think she may be um, centralizing, centering herself too much right now. Uh, This is very early to talk about. But I think she has some of the same qualities in the general election that would make uh, Sherrod Brown a strong candidate. Let's turn to the Republicans. Uh, Jeannie, I want to start with you since you you have been a candidate. Uh, Can you objectively look across the aisle and look at the Democratic field and give an assessment of who you think is a strong horse and who you think is a weak horse? I don't think in the in the race right now that they that that the candidate's been identified that could beat Donald Trump. And so I'm I'm anxiously awaiting to see who else will get in that Democrat primary. I just don't I think that so many of them have already taken such positions that are way off the norm for for most Americans, for the middle of the road Americans. And so I don't think they could beat Donald Trump. So if Don, if you're looking for that person who can beat Donald Trump, I just don't see them in the race I, right you now. See the Amy, well, did I did you think, see the Amy Klobuchar? Yeah, I don't think she's going to be very effective. I don't think, you know, uh, uh, some, somebody coming out of Minnesota, uh, is, you know, that didn't work for the Republicans on the Republican side with Tim Kaine or Michelle Bachman. I just don't see that as a Palenty. powerhouse. She's got no Palenty, spark. That, right. So I just... Um, I just don't think that that's going to be I thought effective. standing in front of a college audience and telling them that you don't, don't believe in a four-year college, yeah. I thought that was a profile on courage. Again, maybe it's one of those things you shouldn't have done early in the campaign. I think it's a great idea. I mean, I, I agree with her on that. No, that I know. I'm, I'm, I think it's I great. Think, I think, a lot, think, of, I think a lot of suburban Republican women could agree with Amy Klobuchar, but your, your reaction? Um, I, I would agree largely with Jeannie. I don't see anybody that scares me yet. I think I, Joe I, would, Biden? Ag- I would agree that... He's not that, in yet. Um, I don't think Biden's running. Um, Biden 
potentially would be potentially scary. I think Sherrod Brown also, if he could make it out of the primary, would be scary in the general. But I don't see that happening because of the, the, the Democrats and the left's obsession with intersectionality. A progressive uh, so, Democrat who wins Ohio uh, two or three or four times certainly has to be yeah. considered a major threat. Yeah. Well, I, I, yes. I completely agree, yes, but, I, don't, but I, I agree with your assessment that I don't think he gets out of the primary well, that's, because that, of the that's, obsession with intersectionality. That's, that's, that's a concern. Uh, I'm, as I said, I, I'm, he's a, a great general election candidate. He may not be the ideal um, candidate. It depends on whether the electorate looks at... Um, plays with the head and not with the heart. You know, the, the old line about how uh, Democrats fall in love and Republicans fall in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which Republicans de- are you talking de- about? De- Democrats, <laughs> Democrats may be falling in love with someone who is not going to win the country. I mean, Harris, well, Harris is shaping up to be this cycle's Hillary. Um, she, yeah, is, exactly. she is incredibly inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It, has terrible policy. She's on video laughing about putting um, parents of truant kids in jail, in jail yeah. right? And and truant kids uh, like in, in um, economically disadvantaged areas, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's crazy, right? Warren is dead in the water. She's polling like fifth in in yeah. Vermont. Yeah, um, who's, Calif- who's polling at the top? But the who's California the, right the California primary is is the is the third or fourth primary. That's gonna that's gonna give Kamala Harris a big jolt when it happens. So I, well, I think maybe, but she's she's the cycles Hillary. So what, great. So to your point about you don't right. know of anyone who could beat Donald Trump. I mean, if we look at the poll, if we look at the polls from the previous election, hands down, Bernie Sanders was the most popular and would have won that election. And even now, we don't even need a poll to just look at right now six million dollars in twenty four hours. No other candidate has done that. No other candidate, even with I, constant campaigning. Honestly, I think the, I don't the think, Democrats I have think a Sanders huge problem right shot. now. That, that mm. they've, they've gone so far out of the mainstream yeah. in terms of their policy agenda. So, and that's, which is great from, for and, Republicans. And, 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 which is great for Republicans. I mean, yeah. look. The, Everybody the whole, thinks the they're in the mainstream. Well, well again, I mean, and look, again, that's I, I just why, don't know. I mean, the, yeah. the, the extremism that you've seen on you abortion. You know, one thing, that the Republicans, one thing that the Republicans have always complained about is the mainstream media – Picks on the Republicans, and and certainly they don't like Donald Trump. Any any negative story, they will run with it. But I would say that at this moment, since uh, 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 Ms. Cortez has been elected to, to Congress, I would say that the national news media has made her the darling of the Democratic Party. They have more, more even more than some Democrats. Yeah. No, she's a media creation. She is a media. Absolutely. She yeah. is a media even creation. Pelosi is not like no, no, I agree. Sorry, she's a media creation that I think could be an albatross around the neck of the Democratic she Party. Will be. Absolutely. But the national media is doing it. Yes, there, they there are. are a lot of people in New York politics who who dislike AOC, and especially, and that was before she she sunk uh, or took Amazon. credit for sinking the Amazon deal. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I would be very surprised if she doesn't get primary next cycle. Oh, I'm sure she will get primary. Right. Yeah, she will. She will. But I mean, she has a support. She, I mean, she got elected by the people that live there in the first place. And, and it was an upset. She, I mean, it, listen, yeah, that's, credit where you know, it's due right. with AOC. So, right. right. Because as long as she, because right. good on her. she is a, a freshman congresswoman yeah. from a safe district. And sixty to seventy percent of the country knows sure, who she but, is. But, yeah. but, but, that's right. You know, and, she, but, and she's yeah. going to have a speaking role. A prominent speaking role of the Democratic. That's Party. great. I, I think we're, we're I think happy she's, about that. I think her Let ideas her keep are talking. nuts. Yeah. But but credit where it's due from like a, a political organization perspective. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and Anybody I agree. Else? I agree Nobody's that, talking about Cory Booker. Nobody's no, talking uh, about no, no, Booker, no, Booker's no. going to be Castro, taking money. He took Castro. the most money of any. What about Castro? What about your your Beto's guy from Texas? Beto O'Rourke. No, Beto's not. I I like Beto for the Senate run, but I don't like him for the president. I think that's another media thing. Oh yes, that's another media thing. Julian Castro. Yeah. You know, great 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 mayor for San Antonio. Great. I like him, but I don't think it's his time. I don't see I don't Castro's. I don't see Castro's base, right? I don't see Beto's base. I don't. I like Booker. Maybe. Um, what's What's the name of the the mayor of South Bend? Um, it's less. It starts with. Peace. It's like but 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 a gig. But 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 I don't know. I don't see where Hard he starts. You but know, again, like, no. But in a but in a primary where where if, yeah. if I mean you have literally every slice of the Democratic uh, and the independent. demographics, independents, they're they're all there. And then again, mm. the it's question possible. Is, is there an independent? It's it's possible that this may turn out to be the first brokered convention in a yes. couple of generations. Yeah. Well, and now the Democrats did change their rules about yes. selection in the primary, so it could get <laughs> a little bit more interesting. What happened to B. Sanders the first time? Well, and so this it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch them tear each other apart. Some ranked choice voting. Are now. you worried about his age? No, uh, and let me tell you why. Look, uh, you know, like, yeah, of course I. No, I don't even care. I don't care. Let, and let me tell you why. We look to our elders for wisdom Thank and you. truth and all that, right? Stick with so, those old no, people. Yeah, nope. like I'm not being serious. So, so no I think it's very. You. I think it's very. Um, the Daddy's word escapes me, but, kid. but I, I think kid. it's very like ageist. I guess it's wrong to say you're too old to be the president. I don't think that's fair. I knew I Bernie uh, very okay, casually Joe when he was the in They're all the same age. Even Donald <laughs> Trump. They're all the same age though. But like when Donald Trump, but they're not octogenarians yet. Anyway. Anyway, when we come back, speaking of primaries, there's a big primary coming up in Chicago. It's at Donnybrook. We're going to talk about it when we come back. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. And again, uh, uh, just uh, 15 15 minutes here to talk about a big story that's happening in Chicago. Hopefully those around the country will bear with us because we're talking about who the next mayor of the city of Chicago is going to be. Rahm Emanuel has been mayor for a couple of terms now. He's decided recently that he is not running for re-election. And we have 14 people who are running in a nonpartisan primary. The, the election is coming up on Tuesday. 
And again, if someone does not get 50% plus one, uh, there will be a runoff on April 2nd. Everybody predicts that there will be uh, that runoff. And again, it's a nonpartisan election. We have the former uh, mayor's, uh, uh, the former mayor's brother and the former mayor's uh, son. This is a rich, uh, Richard M. Daly and uh, Richard J. Daly's uh, son, uh, Bill. Uh, is one of the dailies running. But again, this is a situation where the daily isn't necessarily an automatic winner. Uh, we have the head of the county board. We have the state controller who is uh, Hispanic. We have uh, the other woman is uh, African-American. Uh, we have uh, an African-American progressive uh, who is uh, a, 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 a openly uh, lesbian. And we have a former police superintendent. And uh, who am I forgetting? We've got, uh, we've got Gary Chico. We've got, got millionaires. CPS we've got all had. Yeah. Yeah, Vallis. And Vallis. Paul Vallis, the former head of the super, uh, school superintendent. And we also have a guy by the name of Willie Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, who is a self-made man, uh, owns a couple of McDonald's, and has been giving money away for a long, long time. He ran for mayor four years ago. So we have a field where literally there are 14 people that are running. I think everybody would guess there's probably about two or three that are not likely to make it. But, you know, with two days ago, Don, you put a lot of time into this. Um, The way I'm looking at this, any six people could make it into the runoff. Do you see it Hmm. broader than that or smaller? No, I think there's a group of six, five or six, who will be in the runoff. I think it's begun to define itself now. The polls have been consistent. This is a unique election, not just because so many people, but in these multi-candidate races, traditionally, the public decides on two or three and throws all the rest away. This happened in the last Democratic primary, for example, for uh, attorney general where you had uh, two or three leaders and you had six other people who were probably more qualified than the leaders. Mm-hmm. And they, they all wound up in single digits uh, and the race boiled down to uh, uh, Pat Quinn or Kwame Rao. Uh, that's what happens generally. Now, this is unique. We started out with a field that assumed they were running against Rahm Emanuel. Uh, that was just starting to uh, coagulate when Rahm Emanuel decides he's not running. That brought a half a dozen more people into the race, <laughs> Big and it mm-hmm. began to level out once again. Uh, it, as that group was just about to coagulate, we had the expose of major scandal against a guy who's logically going to be in scandals, uh, Ed Burke, the most powerful alderman, as he's always uh, described. Uh, and Suddenly, those four, five, six uh, establishment figures who came in after uh, 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 Ron was out, um, they all became tainted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tony Preckwinkle, who was mm-hmm. leading the field with 30 percent, mm-hmm. suddenly found herself going down, down, down. And she's, all of the candidates, at least five candidates, five or six candidates, are down between... 11 and 15 percent. And the only one, this includes the four establishment candidates who have been tainted by the Burke scandal. Mm -hmm. And so who do you put in that list? So you talk about Preckwinkle, Mendoza, McCarthy, and... No, not McCarthy. No, McCarthy. McCarthy's uh, not in the running. Who who do you consider the, like, this group of establishment candidates? Daly and uh, uh, Chico. Chico. 
Yeah. Okay, so Daily Chico, Preckwinkle, and Mendoza. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. And they and they all have and they all have fingerprints uh, to uh, Ed Burke, Burke yep. who is who's who's not the one you want to have on your side at this moment, except you may want him on his, on his side. On yeah, he's going to bring down a lot of the Chicago But, uh, but now let's talk. Let's, let's, and another mini not. scandal well, around well, an yeah. alderman yeah. Uh, uh, came up, and that tainted uh, Mendoza even more. So right. uh, none of those four establishment candidates were able to break out of this 10 to 15 percent range. Yep. Right. And I should also mention, uh, for longtime listeners of this program, Amara Enya, who's been a regular guest on this program for the last two or three years, uh, she uh, is running for mayor. She was endorsed by Ch- uh, Chance the Rapper uh, uh, and, and also, uh, um, who am I forgetting? Kanye West. Kanye West. Oh. Yeah. I almost said R. Kelly. No, not <laughs> that, Kelly. That's not endorsement anybody but, wants right now. But um, she is not taken off. It looked like she was going to take off, but she's hovering. She's not in the top five at the moment. And again, Don's point is, you know, somebody could win this thing with 15%. Right. And, but Jeannie, you had a comment because no, th- there's, no, there's no formal Republican in here. But, but talk mm-hmm. about Dr. Willie Wilson, who at least is getting the uh, the pitch by some Republicans. So that's what's interesting. And, and to be clear for the national audience, this is a primary that's happening this Tuesday. And literally, you could the top two finishers then go to the and this general. Is what Republican, this is what the Republicans <clears throat> in Cook County yes. are sending so this to is, every Chicago and this is voter. What, this is why actually the Republicans decided to come out with some sort of endorsement, at least particular Republicans did, because when you're it's a race to 15%. And you have such a, a smaller minority of Republicans, you actually have an ability to influence who's going to be in that primary runoff, who's going to make it through. And that so that's will help why take they did votes away it. from Bill Daly. Well, I mean, whatever. They've decided that they like the business guy's story, the fact that Willie Wilson literally came up as a sharecropper's son nothing. and then came up from nothing, has a $65 million business. business yeah. His and so vote, that's however, is made. very circumscribed. It, 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 he is not going to break. Yeah, into, I think he is not going to break into the top, top a, six. We have an ability say, say that again. To, I say his vote is very circumscribed. I'll be uh, honest with you. If I've had people personally contact me, those Chicago voters, not necessarily affiliated with Republicans, and said, "We like Willie Wilson. What do you yeah. know about him?" Yeah. So there's a, there's an undercurrent that does like him and his personal. Well, I'm narrative. sure he's going to get something, but as I said, could be, that could be a game. Circumscribed changer. does not mean he's getting nothing. It means he has a limit. Yeah. Well, he's got a ceiling that he is not going to break but into. You only need a 15 percent to make it mm-hmm. in the runoff. Yeah, and yeah. his policies are pretty like, how many pretty, people like you know, legalized marijuana. He wants to put a freeze on property taxes. He wants to end the red light cameras. I mean, those That's are popular right. policies. Yes. Right. I, I, I'm like a guy who, I like him. I like, Willie Wilson. I like how he talks. I listen to him on but right, but right now, right now, we're, about, we're out of time. Right now, no one at this table has any, they, they would not bet the ranch on who those two no, people are. No. Definitely That's not. how close <laughs> it is. We'll talk about that. it next Sunday night. Good night. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, 
but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Debt. We can all get in a bit too deep. Members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. An NFCC credit counselor helped me get back in control. I took charge of my debt. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. My NFCC financial advocate taught me all I needed to know. I mastered my student loan debt. We wanted to buy our first home, but weren't sure if we were mortgage ready. Our NFCC housing counselor helped us make a plan. We're on a path to our first home. NFCC member agencies serve all 50 states and Puerto Rico. Convenient, helpful, knowledgeable, nonprofit. Financial advocates there for you. We, we put, put debt, debt in, in its place. place. Be one of 5 million people to beat debt by 2020. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live, the experience. Tuesday through Sundays and open late on Wednesday nights at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. Order tickets at museum.tv.